Duty Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linway. For today's eighth highlight episode, we continue our series of MFA and BFA competition winners from the year 2012 with Megan Mitchell. Now, Megan is a ceramic artist that utilizes uh, sculptural approaches and also functional approaches to making ceramics. Her background also includes painting and printmaking, which offers some unique aspects that deal with ideas of landscape and symbolic ideas in the work. So we hope that you check that out. And of course, check out the other interviews with MFA and BFA competition winners. There's a couple other up right now, and there will be more available shortly, so please check that out. Of course, you can find all of that at studiobreak.com, where we've got a ton of other interviews up to check out, over 50 in total. Again, if you want to access any of the other ones, you can simply page down through the posts or check through the archive by month. Again, over 50 full-length interviews and a bunch of shorter ones like this highlight episode here, so please go ahead and check that out. And of course, share it with others. Again, if you happen to like podcasts, you can find us on iTunes in the iTunes store. Just search for Studio Break. We would love it if you left us some feedback while you're there. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Studio Break and also follow us on Facebook. Check out our page there. We've got a number of previews of upcoming shows, upcoming guests, and announcements about competitions and all sorts of good stuff. So go ahead and check us out there. All right. Here is the interview with Megan Mitchell. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm here with Megan Mitchell this morning. How are you doing? Great, thanks. You know, just to get a little bit of background started, um, could you tell us about where you're from and and, uh, your experiences growing up as you became interested in the arts? Sure. Um, I'm originally from New Hampshire. And um, I've lived in, I think, six different states since then. I've been on the west of the Mississippi since I was about 18. Um, And growing up, I don't, I always enjoyed the arts, but I never thought of myself as an artist. Um, I think a lot of that is because I'm not a a naturally good drawer. And I think there's something when you're a kid, if you can draw well, you're an artist. And if you can't, then you're not, you know. And so... um, I remember, though, being really interested in, in clay. I'm a ceramic artist. Um, as a kid, there was a place my family used to go to called Sturbridge Village in Massachusetts. That's a kind of colonial time re- recru- or a recreation of a colonial era village. And there was a potter there, and I loved watching the potter. It was just like, you know, anyone who's been entranced by a potter, especially as a kid, it's just this magic thing to see these lumps of clay being turned into pots. Um, and so I always wanted to do ceramics in high school. I took some ceramics classes. Um, and then I took some time off between high school and college and I actually moved to Alaska where I did a year of, um, an AmeriCorps program. I don't know if you're familiar with AmeriCorps, but it's a kind of seen as the domestic peace corps, I guess you do community service and community or community service locally. Um, so I was working on kind of trail crew projects and other environmentally oriented projects. And then I started college. I thought I'd go into the sciences, you know, biology or geology or something like that. Um, and when I started school, I realized I didn't like being in the classroom doing science. I liked the science a lot more when I was actually outside. 
and that what I liked doing was things that were really, you know, tangible and hands-on, and I could see what I was doing, and uh, kind of fell into some art classes my first year of college, and it was almost like I just, that was the only thing that really made sense to me as an undergrad was the art classes, the other, a lot of the other academics seemed so kind of abstract, and um, so I ended up being an art major, um, but I actually focused on uh, painting and printmaking as an undergrad. Oh, that's interesting. And and well, mm-hmm. did you do? Did you also do three three D work while you were in undergrad as well, or was um, it? I did a little. I took a couple ceramics classes, but at that point, it was more kind of fun rather than a serious endeavor. I did a little sewing as an undergrad. And, you know, I took a sculpture class, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and then it was after I graduated, after I graduated, I moved to Minneapolis for a year and took some classes at the Northern Clay Center, which is a really terrific ceramic center. And uh, I think it was, some of it was the teacher I had there and um, being out of school, it was kind of what I wanted to keep doing. You know, and I still, I remember that year I, did some printmaking and I did some painting and I did some ceramics and it was the ceramics that kind of um, compelled me to keep going forward with it. But mm-hmm. I do bring in a lot, especially the printmaking, I bring in a lot of printmaking processes into my current work. Sure. Well, and is, is so is that what you want to ultimately applying then to graduate school with or was it both ceramic <laughs> and 2D or? Um, there is a long period between undergrad and grad school for me. Okay. I guess people talk about, you know, taking some time off after undergrad. And for me, it wasn't even like I was taking time off. I was just trying to, you know, figure it out, figure out what I wanted to do with myself. Um, and so I, in between undergrad and grad school, I worked, um, I went back to doing the trail work for a couple years in Montana and then um, decided to get into the, the pottery more. And so I worked as an, uh, studio assistant at a pottery in Montana. And then I moved to California and worked at a production pottery there for about three and a half years. And then, um, you know, started thinking about going to grad school and uh, wanted to work on my portfolio. So I was a non-degree student at Sacramento State for about a year and a half and then uh, started school here in Utah. So it's kind of a long and curvy road between undergrad and grad school. You can never develop a straight path, I think. You know, there's times you know. where where something just comes up and you got to go down this, this different road. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's a number of your pieces that kind of now, you know, reference landscapes, and I'm just kind of wondering right. any of your work doing doing the trail uh, kind of maintenance and, and any of that, if, if that's something that, that kind of plays a part. I think it does in a couple different ways, and some of it for me is... I think a lot of my work has to do with um, the nature of uh, where we feel at home and our connection to places. And I think in some ways when I started doing the trail work, um, I, I learned a lot more about myself. You know, I've, I've been kind of a wimpy, bookish kid <laughs> in a lot of ways. And uh, I remember the first summer I applied to do trail work was when I was in high school and uh, – I actually wanted to do something much more, like I wanted to plant trees or something that wasn't that hard, and instead I ended up on this really kind of intense trail crew, and uh, I think it, it, I learned that I was a lot stronger than I thought I was, and 
um, that I love, you know, working hard and being around groups of people and a lot of things that actually apply to ceramics. You know, ceramics is a very physical activity that, you know, we're often work in a studio situation. So any, some of it is just that, you know, when you're living and working outdoors with a group of people, you know, you start to feel at home in a way that growing up, maybe I didn't feel that comfortable in my town or in my situation. And to realize you can be out in the middle of nowhere away from every, everything and be so comfortable with yourself and your surroundings. Um, so I think some of that, you know, a lot of the landscapes I use are kind of these large open landscapes and there's some kind of a mixture of feeling at home with them. And also that kind of like, you know, vast emptiness, like that's, it's both comfortable and uncomfortable, I guess, to me. What was it like then start starting, starting, you know, school again in terms of uh, the work and kind of what you had done? I mean, what what was it like in terms of trying to determine, you know, what areas you were going to look at or, or explore? Um, I think I'm really glad I spent a couple of years as a non-degree student at Sacramento State because I think, especially, I went to a very small undergraduate school, the Broad School, and Sacramento State is, you know, giant state university, and Utah State is also a large school, and so I think I didn't really know how to navigate, you know, the bureaucracy of a bigger school, and so I'm glad I kind of got through that some before I started grad school, and, um, and also just being back in the school environment. And, um, I was able to be a TA when I was a non-degree student at Sac State. And so kind of it, it did kind of get me get me going, I think, for grad school. So that when I started, I was kind of in the, in the student mindset already. And I remember at Sacramento State, I discovered the library, you know, and I spent a lot of time, you know, looking at books and doing research there. And that's something I continue to do here. Um, and I do, you know, I, there's a lot of things I love about being a student and being in school. And so that is the, the resources that are available to you here. In terms of where you started with your, uh, the ceramic work then was, um, drawing into that or uh, that process always something that was important. And again, I am not the most familiar with processes when it comes to ceramics right. aside from what I know. But was that something, I mean, is that something that then you, you kind of brought to that? Because you talked a little bit about before um, starting out that that's what you explored. And it's actually the printmaking, I think, that's um, been a lot more influential in, in my work. And um, I think clay is actually an amazing material for uh, doing printmaking on. And some of it, like if you think about a relief print where you carve a block and then you put it on paper you can do the same thing on clay and it ends up being three-dimensional because you can you know raise those lines through the block so it's this you know clay is the substance that just will kind of receive anything you do to it and have this real record of the process um and so a lot of my work actually before i started grad school and in grad school has been on you know, researching ways to incorporate printmaking processes into the work. Were there, um, I don't know, particular subjects or areas of interest that you're that you're trying to include in terms of the the, the printed kind of visuals that are included? Because again, there's, you know, I, I guess it kind of it, it kind of splits up into different bodies of work, but um, there there are some that kind of feel. Um, I guess more like a like a design heavy kind of aspect to it, and then some of them that are much more like a natur- naturalistic kind of landscape. Um, right. 
But but I mean, is that, is that something that then you you kind of explore all of those things in, in the work that you do? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I have I definitely have an interest in pattern, um, and I guess I look at at pattern and structure and place. This was kind of my that was my alternate title for my thesis show. Actually, it was pattern structure place, and some of it is um, I'm really interested in you know in our surroundings and architecture and then um, landscape and also kind of domestic surroundings, so textiles and things like that. And so I kind of look at my work as kind of trying to fuse a lot of those elements into it. Um, And so in terms of research I do, I look at kind of all of those things. You know, the landscape more comes, you know, I take photographs a lot, especially when I'm traveling or driving seems to be where a lot of those come from. And then... Um, I do look at quite a bit of architecture and um, textiles, and um, and I like you know geometry. I kind of have a, a map brain, so some of those geometrical patterns are really appealing to me. Sure. Well, and and I think you know a lot of that kind of makes sense in terms of you know the work, and um, I think specifically because I'm because it maybe is helpful uh, for me anyways um, looking at some of these specific pieces, but like the. Uh, Salt Lake Diamonds piece, for example, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I re- you really get a sense, especially through the the, the middle ground of the the space. Um, you know, it's it kind of fits that that landscape aspect of it. But then, as you're kind of moving towards the the right side of the piece, you know, I can see the way you're, that it seems like it's starting to integrate more of that that pattern, um, which kind of nullifies that a little bit. Um, and I, I mean, is there a particular way that you kind of build these up in terms of how you have to process them in order to, to finish them. I mean, is it um, pretty intuitive? Is it is it planned out? Um, what's the process of putting these together like? Um, I have to say it's pretty intuitive. And usually the more planning I do, the more it doesn't work out. Or, <laughs> you know, or sure. I have a plan and then I diverge from the plan. And so... Um, I definitely find I'm someone that I, you know, I have a conversation with my work and it evolves as I go. And some things you do, you know, with permit game with clay, you have to plan ahead or else you won't end up with it. But I try to kind of start with, you know, start with kind of like create myself a problem. Like I'll make these little diamonds that have something on them and then I'll, you know, add another layer of something else in response to it. And, you know, there's, with ceramics, there's quite a few steps along the way that you can add something or take something away. And so it is something that, um, you know, I start with, start with something cause I have to start, with, <laughs> start somewhere and then uh, generally go from there. Sure. And I'm definitely someone, you know, it's hard for me to repeat things, you know, or if I, I may, I'll make something that I really like and then I'll try to do it again and it's just not the same. And so I kind of accepted that I need to just kind of, I can't, I can't control the process too much or it just, it feels forced or controlled. Sure. You know, what are the differences then in terms of the way that you have to work, um, you know, or at least maybe even the resolution, um, of, of what you do then when you, when you're working on or working with a material like porcelain, as opposed to some of the, the, the stoneware pieces, because mm-hmm. they, they also kind of have a different, a different aesthetic to them, you know? I... I really love porcelain. Um, I think it's just a beautiful material, and it also is 
nice for some of my work because it is whiter. You know, it's more like a blank piece of white paper. And um, the bad things about porcelain are that it is harder to work with and it's more prone to cracking, um, warping, you know, just general failure <laughs> in the kiln. And so a lot of the larger pieces that I've been working on, I've um, gone to more of a stoneware, although it's a pretty white stoneware. Um, and there's things, you know, I, I am someone that is, I like a lot of different things. You know, I'm not completely, you know, focused on, you know, I don't, I, you know, I can only use this clay and these colors and these glazes. And, um, I'm open to using a lot of different materials for my work and, um, interested in seeing how kind of similar work, you know, has a different feel if it goes through a different step of you know, different series of processes. Um, and it was a concern for my thesis show because I did have a pretty wide variety of work in it. Um, it was the only thesis show I've seen that had, you know, different types of clay and different kinds of firings. And I definitely had a kind of panic as <laughs> right before I installed it that I, you know, that it was too, you know, not cohesive enough. But I think the general consensus is that it, it does, you know, there's a similar aesthetic um, to it and similar intention and so that it does hold together. So that's a, re a relief. There's so many different possibilities with clay and I'm, I guess I'm glad I can't make everything I want to make out of porcelain because I probably would because I like it so much. But um, I think it's kind of good for me to see how things come out of uh, different materials. And, you know, I always am surprised by some things that come out um, that really have a hold on me. So, well, and it, it kind of begs the question too, because um, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, th I think for for me, you know, when you kind of gain a certain level of uh, proficiency with a um, with a material, you kind of know what it does. I mean, is it something that then for like the the stonework pieces, especially, um, do a lot of the do the elements change, or do you have a good idea of the way that they're <laughs> going to change after you fire them? Because I would imagine that some of them. I don't know, do you, do you ever screw up? Is there ever anything that just goes like, gosh, that looked at, that, I thought that was going to work totally different? Oh, yeah, all the time. And, you know, I mean, I I make my life harder for myself, definitely, because I am, you know, using a lot of different materials, and they all interact differently, you know, and I have glazes that I can use on some of the clay, and I can't use on other of the clay. And, you know, I think my first year, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, cones or temperatures of firing, but you can fire basically whatever cone you say you fire to is how hot it is. So normal mm -hmm. stoneware is cone 10, you know, or the where might be cone one. And it was kind of my joke that I was firing to like every cone possible, you know, working my way through all the cones. And so for each cone, you need different clay and you need different glaze. And, um, and some of that, I think is just curiosity on my part, you know, but I have at this point from there, I have narrowed down to, you know, a firing range I usually do. So maybe three different kinds of clay that I <laughs> try to stick with. But, and now, you know, I'm moving to a new place and uh, most of the clay I use here I've mixed myself and I'm not sure what materials they'll have there and if they'll have all the materials I'm used to using. So sure. um, I imagine there'll be another couple months of, of testing. And then there's always, you know, more. And I guess as far as the color palette goes, developing the slips and glazes that I want is kind of feels like an endless process, too. 
Sure. Well, and is there, you know, because there's some, there's some pieces that, you know, especially like the more naturalistic based ones, um, you know, have a certain color scheme. But again, it's not, there's nothing in there that, I don't know, they, they all seem like they're very fitting. Is there anything that you, you kind of look for in terms of working with a color palette? I think at this point, I, I've just kind of realized there's certain colors I always gravitate towards, you know, and sometimes I'll try to incorporate something new or, you know, I'll, you know, mix in a glaze or slip or whatever to use it, and then I just won't ever use it. I guess some, some I might like some amount of complementary colors, so kind of, you know, orange and blue or green and red or seems to be where what I lean towards, so. To talk about another specific piece that, that I think is pretty compelling, um, is this picket fence piece. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I really like the way that the, that blue seems like a very specific kind of blue that I might see in other, other ceramic pieces. Mm-hmm. Is that there's also a pretty big interaction with the, you know, the projected shadows and, and, mm-hmm. and all the things that go mm-hmm. around the, the shapes mm-hmm. that you have. Um, is that something that you're also pretty conscious of in terms of playing around with? It's something I'm very interested in. Um, it's always something that's hard to... Usually it seems to be kind of a happy surprise when I install a piece and see how the shadows look. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something I necessarily... It's something that I want to be a part of the pieces, but I, I don't necessarily have, you know, plan of how the shadows are going to be. But something I actually spent quite a bit of time researching in school and ended up not pursuing was um, doing some work with translucent porcelain. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of that, you know, awareness of light and how light interacts with the piece comes from thinking about that quite a bit. Sure. Well, and um, is there any real sense of, like, why, um, how you decide, like, specific shapes? Because, again, you, you've kind of brought up the the math mind and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, is it just uh, the kind of shapes that you like to have as opposed to, and, again, the only thing I can think of is then the opposite of that, you know, like some big, I don't know, weird shape that doesn't make any sense that isn't you know doesn't have like symmetrical sides or anything um but is there anything to that or is it just kind of what you have gravitated towards um so a number of the pieces that i've made lately um the the ceramic piece is the or is derived from kind of the negative space of a chain link fence Mm -hmm. So some of those larger wall pieces, if you look at the at the negative space, that makes the chain link fence, and then the kind of diamonds with the corner cut off. That's the right, right. Negative space. So, and that you know, I I've kind of had a long interest in chain link fence, kind of both as a just an interesting visual pattern, and then having you know a variety of kind of symbolic meanings. So, and then from that form, there's the little pieces, the little diamonds that come from that. And so I was making those little diamonds, and then I started just grouping those, and I really liked how those look. So then some of the diamond pieces came out of that. And then, like, the picket fence one, um, that's from a a tile pattern. I was able to travel in Spain last summer, and that came uh, from southern Spain. Uh, The Moorish architecture there has really amazing ceramic tile, so... Um, I picked up that pattern from there. Um, and that piece is definitely kind of a, you know, cultural fusion. Um, it is the blue that you are referencing is a, a Chinese pattern. And then there's, um, 
the, the Moorish pattern. And so I kind of see it as a, in some ways, an homage to, to, to pattern and decoration. Um, and also just kind of a, the way my brain works, you know, that I kind of draw in some, in some way, those things are all connected in my head and I can't necessarily explain it, but they belong together. <laughs> well, and I think, well, and I think too, I mean, that, um, you know, it's always, it's always in context of what's, what's come before, you know? And so I could imagine that, yep. you know, a lot of these themes have been, you know, in there and then developed through a number of different bodies of work until it's kind of distilled into more of what it is. Cause I think that, you know, one of the things that's apparent, even just kind of pointing out the way that the, the chain link interacts is that, you know, there's, there's aspects to that, that then function as like a, you know, like a printed material and then where it's actually just then the, the physical shapes of everything. And so I think there's a there's a nice relationship with those and the way that they would all fit together. It's pretty interesting. Could you talk a little bit about this, um, well, this new endeavor that you're starting and, um, you know, maybe some of the, the work that you're looking at making as, as you go ahead and, and start. So could you tell us a little bit about, about this uh, opportunity that you have coming? Certainly. Um, so in just a few weeks here, I'm moving up to Red Lodge, Montana, um, where I'll be a year-long artist-in-residence at the Red Lodge Play Center. Um, and I'll be working for them some as part of the residency, and they have a gallery and a clay business, and then I'll be also pursuing my own work. Um, I have a number of exhibition opportunities coming up, both through them and separately, and so I will need to be busy, which I think is a great thing. Um, so I'm, I'm actually you know, really excited because I feel like I have, right now I have a pretty clear idea of, of what I want to work on, you know, certainly that might change, but, um, I'd like to continue working on some of the wall pieces I've been doing. And I mentioned earlier in the interview, some of the relief, um, printmaking processes. Um, and I haven't really brought that into those wall pieces yet, but I would like to try to do that to maybe have a, a relief imagery that's going across the whole piece. Um, and I have, you know, some other ideas, some different shapes I want to try out for the wall pieces. And then I also do make some, uh, functional pots, um, that use a lot of the same kind of imagery and, um, general feel. And so I, I kind of want to work on refining those as well. So. Sure. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a, a lot of time to do it. So. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, great to have you on and really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks again to Megan for joining us today. Once again, if you would like to find out more about her work and see more of it, go to MeganMitchellCeramics.com. And if you don't want to type that in, just go to the Studio Break page and look under this blog post and you'll find a link to the website there. Of course, if you're interested in learning more about your host, David Linaway, myself, I have a bunch of paintings up at davidlinaway.com. And, of course, you can also find a link on the Studio Break page. Just look on the left-hand side, and there it is. Of course, if you're on the Studio Break page, we hope that you take the time to peruse all of the other blog entries that we have by just scrolling down and adding more or going through the archive section also located on the left sidebar as well again you can go month by month and we typically have anywhere from two to four shows a month so again there's a lot over 50 full-length episodes in total and then a bunch of other shorter ones so please go ahead and check that out as well of course, if you want more, you can follow us at Studio Break on Twitter and also 
follow us by liking us on the Facebook page, Studio Break. Once again, we do provide updates for future guests and announcements for shows and all sorts of stuff there. So go ahead and like us on Facebook as well. Of course, if you happen to be listening to us on the Studio Break page, you can also find us in the iTunes store. Just search for Studio Break under podcasts and subscribe there. It's a very easy and convenient way to get updates and to just see what episodes you missed out. So please go ahead and do that. Our music today was found at freemusicarchive.org, where, again, they have thousands of songs, full-length albums that you can download, so please go ahead and check that out. Our artist this week was Broke for Free, and our tracks If and A Year. So go ahead and look for Broke for Free on Free Music Archive. And lastly, again, we just really appreciate it if you enjoy this podcast or listening to artists talk about their artwork and all the developments along the way that you would share it with students, peers, anybody that would find it interesting. And once again, you can follow us on Twitter, at Studio Break, and on Facebook and all that other stuff. So please go ahead and do that. All right, that's all the show that we have for today. We'll talk to you real soon.